Blog Talk Radio. Mary had a little cancer. 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 No cancer left in my body. January 28th, 2024. Can you imagine that we are in 2024? Um, sometimes it's hard for me to imagine. I'm still writing 2023. Today's show, I had some other stuff planned, but with recent happenings, today's show is just, Actually, today's show is just going to be off the cuff, most likely, or not most likely, um, just the way most of the shows are, are really off the cuff, because I try to be as, um, what's the word I'm looking for, authentic uh, as possible. I have, as far as cancer news goes, I really don't have much cancer news to talk about. Uh, There isn't anything going on right now, which, you know, is a blessing. Um, I know, for for those of you, for any first-time listeners, uh, this show was started a year ago, December 25th, a year ago on Christmas Day, to share my testimony and my journey through triple negative breast cancer. As of today, I am cancer-free, as far as I know. I'm not having any more of the – I was having a couple of months ago, I was having some, like, little pings and things like that in my right breast where I'd had that cancer at, and I'm not having those anymore, so thank God. I'm hoping those were just uh, scars that were inside of me healing uh, skin, you know, tissue that was healing because I had my last surgery January 9th of 2023 to have the last tumor removed. So hopefully everything is nice and clear as of right now as it was post-surgery January 9th. I don't feel anything. Um, again, I don't feel anything anything happening in my body, which I'm so glad that I, I don't. Um for those of you, again, for those first-time listeners, those of you that haven't listened to the show before and don't really know my story, uh, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer two years ago, two and a half years ago, and went through that twice within 
within a year's time. So I'd uh, been diagnosed two times. One time I'd been diagnosed and uh, ended up, you know, not having chemo, not having radiation, or trying chemo and having a really bad reaction to it and then just foregoing it um, and decided to go basically vegetarian. I stopped eating meat. I stopped eating starches. I stopped eating carbohydrates, no milk, no cheese, no, you know, no dairy, no anything like that. It just went fruits and vegetables. Um, and in the process of that, I, you know, I was, I was uh, overweight uh, at the time that I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, um, and I want to say triple negative breast cancer. I, I always hear people talk about breast cancer, but they never say the type of breast cancer they've had. So I, I want to reiterate that it was triple negative breast cancer because that is important. It's important to your treatment. It's important to the way that you're going to deal with it. However, you decide to go from a treatment standpoint, whether you're going to self-heal or not, that, that is important, the type of breast cancer that you have, because breast cancer is such a wide, there, there's such a large spectrum of that. So at the time that I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer, I was very unhealthy. I was living a very unhealthy lifestyle. I was, you know, and when I say unhealthy, I mean I was, from a nutritional standpoint, I was not eating the proper foods, the proper nutrition that my body needed in case there was something that happened like cancer to be able to fight that off. So once I had that, once I had that, um, what, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Once I had that bad reaction to that first chemo treatment, I decided, me and God decided that that wasn't the route for me. So we didn't go that route. We went the natural route. And in going the natural route, I lost uh, a total of, let's see, I lost a total of 52 pounds, which was amazing. My body, you know, felt amazing. I, my mind felt amazing. You know, I, I just, everything was, was, you know, was great. Even though I had this cancer, I still felt great. I felt better than I had felt in many, many years. Uh, I was finally, you know, my body was just trying to heal itself, and it was working. And although I got re-diagnosed with another cancerous tumor, another triple negative cancerous tumor in my breast, I do believe that that tumor was already growing, and they just kind of missed it, like they missed the original one. So I didn't look at my nutritional changes as not being beneficial because, all, you know, although I was re-diagnosed, I wasn't looking at it like, oh, okay, I've, I did this and it still came back. Okay, because my, I felt better. My body felt better than it had ever, you know, than it had felt in many, many years. And I, since then, uh, moved to Alabama. I've been in Huntsville, Alabama for almost a year now. And in that process, I gained 14 of those 52 pounds back. And I could feel such a difference in my body from gaining just people, you know, say, oh, 14 pounds, what's 14 pounds? 
14 pounds is a lot. Pick up to pick up a 10 pound bag of potatoes. Pick up another five pound bag of potatoes. Basically, 15 pounds. That's a lot of weight to be carrying. Although it seems like such a small number, it's not. So I kind of lost track with my eating habits and things like that. I kind of started to uh, falter in my nutrition. And I, again, gained that 14 pounds back and my body started feeling different. Like, you know, waking up in the morning, I didn't feel as refreshed anymore my mind started feeling different. I started getting lost in thoughts of things that are so unimportant. So in the last week, I have started to go back to those nutritional values that I had when I was going through the cancer. Uh, And I went and weighed myself this morning. I've lost three pounds in a week. So that's amazing. I feel really good about that. I I just weighed myself right before the show. So uh, I took my blood pressure and I weighed myself. So I do this every few weeks. I'll go and I get my blood pressure checked and I take my weight because I want to keep track of those things and make sure that I'm okay. Now, last, it was about a week, a week and a half ago, I went and took my blood pressure and my weight and that's when I figured out how I knew I had gained some weight, but I figured out that I had gained 14 pounds when I took my when I took my weight, and I was so depressed. I was like, "Oh my God, how the frick did I gain 14 pounds in you know in a year? How did that happen?" And I know how it happened because I went off you know what I normally do, thinking that oh you know I can kind of I'll have a little bit of this or a little bit of that and it'll be okay. And that may be okay for other people, but for me, for for my body, that's not okay because my body doesn't react well to those things. So I know that I have to stay on a strict, particular set of eating habits and exercising habits for the rest of my life, right? It wasn't just through that cancer that, that I had to do those things. I have to continue to do that if I want to stay healthy and not gain weight. Uh, and the weight gain thing is not so much because of a, a uh, what's the word that I want to use? Gosh, I'm always forgetting the words that I want to use. I, I, maybe this is, again, this is that, I'm 49, I'm about, about to be 50. Is this what happens? Are there any 49-year-olds, almost 50-year-olds or something to that nature out there that can, you know, contest to that? Does this happen? Your minds just go blank. But losing the weight isn't so much a, from a physical standpoint, like what I look like. Of course, everybody wants to look good, and we all want to feel good when we look in the mirror and, and feel good about our bodies and feel good about ourselves. But for me, it's really important because of health, because I don't want to go through my later years. I'm about to be 50 in August, and I don't want to go through my later years struggling with my health. Like I've watched a lot of my family members that have since passed 
struggle with their weight and their health. And the heavier we are, the less healthy we are because our body, we're, we're just inflamed, right? So our bodies just can't heal the way they naturally should heal if we're not if we're not fueling them with the right nutrition. So I feel better. My body feels better. Um, again, you know, I've started eating better. I've upped my exercise game um, or my exercise uh, routine. I've upped that. I've added things to it. And I'm feeling much better from a health standpoint. Uh, emotionally, I'm going through some things right now because I got laid off from my job about uh, – I got laid – I went – we were out here in Huntsville. We had this crazy ice storm. I, I talked about this last week. So everybody, the whole place was shut down for like a week, a week and a half. Um, you know, Monday through Friday – there was no work last week, and then Monday and Tuesday there was no work, and then I go back to work on Wednesday only to find out that I'm being laid off because my position within the company is not producing revenue. So, of course, when they're trimming the fat, they're going to, you know, trim my position first. So I got laid off. I remember going into work Wednesday morning, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so good to be back in the office. I'm so happy to be back at regular work. And my boss came in and, of course, laid this news out on me, and I just, you know, just lost it. I I was just like, you know, I already went through seven days without any work and without any pay. So how now am I back to work and you're laying me off? Like, it was just. It was a very emotional thing to go through. Um, you know, we have to make money. That's, you know, the the landlord wants money, the mortgage people want money, the car people want money, the car insurance people want money, the cell phone bill. You know, if you, you want to get, you want to buy yourself something to drink, you want to, whatever, we need money for that. Without money, we cannot survive in this world because everything costs. So with that being said, I just was floored that I got laid off. And it really threw me into like a mini, almost, I hate to use the word depression or depressed or whatever, but it really threw me for a loop, right? You know, January 9th was the one-year anniversary of that last tumor being taken out. And then uh, for those of you that haven't listened before, you know, January 22nd last year my mom passed. So this year, January 22nd, was one year. And then come a couple of days later, you know, I end up getting laid off. And I'm just like, wow. When I was initially diagnosed with the cancer, it was, I had gone for a, I found the tumor, I found it myself, uh, it was in December of 2021, and then the actual diagnosis came, I mean, I knew I had cancer, but the actual diagnosis itself came January of 2022, so I just keep saying to myself, wow, is December and January just are not good months for me, right? But I can't 
just say, oh, okay, every December and every January is not going to be good for me just because these past few Decembers and Januaries haven't been good for me in the last couple of years. It's going to be all right. But I just, you know, I, this past week I've just been stuck in this little slump, and that's not healthy. That's not healthy for my cancer. That's not healthy for my body. Um even though I'm eating right and I'm exercising and all that stuff and I'm, you know, I've lost the three pounds and, you know, on to losing another three and then another three and then another three and and so on. All of that is all well and good, but if my mind isn't right and my emotional well-being isn't right, none of that really even matters because it all works together. So today... Well, I think between Friday and today, I've just kind of been like, okay, bitch, you are not going to get yourself into the slump. This is not going to happen. We're not going to go back to being, you know, depressed or not feeling well emotionally. Everything is going to be okay. Things are going to play out the way they're supposed to play out, and that's going to be it, right? I have to talk to myself, and I have to tell myself this over and over and over again. And you know what? As I'm having this conversation, sometimes my mind is like in a million different places all the time, I should say. As I'm having this conversation, as I'm sitting here talking about this, I'm looking at the time, and I'm in Huntsville, Alabama, so we're in Central Standard Time. I was just about to start talking about football because I don't want to talk about this and be depressed and get you know. I was just about to start talking about football, and I'm like, oh, shit, the game is on. So right now the Baltimore Ravens are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And whoever wins this game goes to the Super Bowl. So we're going to move from, you know, we're going to move away from uh, the, from the, the cancer stuff for a minute and the depression and the, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not depressed. I'm fine, but we ain't going to get depressed. So we're going to move away from that for a minute and talk about football uh, because this is a really important weekend in football. So the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Baltimore Ravens, and then – after the Kansas City Chiefs play the Baltimore Ravens this afternoon, um, this afternoon, whoever wins that game will go on to the Super Bowl. And then the next afternoon game today, uh, give me one second, and I will tell you. I don't know why it's escaping my mind. I just looked at the damn thing of who else was playing. Um. um the Detroit Lions play San Francisco 49ers, and that's at uh, – oh, actually, you know what? It says 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. So Baltimore is not playing yet. They play at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So I'm not missing any of the game. So after the show, I will go in and start watching that game. I'm going to take Baltimore in this game. Um, I'm actually hoping that Baltimore goes all the way. And I say that, of course, because the Giants aren't playing, so my team is out. Uh, We did shit this year. Um, Every year I say we do shit, and then we have – you know, last year we had a decent year. Our coach won coach of the year. And then we come out on the football field this year and play like – peewee football, just unbelievable, just absolutely unbelievable. Um, I would do anything to have, you know, Manning back, and I would do anything to have Tom Coughlin back too. So, anyway, I'm going to take Baltimore, and 
against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to take Baltimore against Kansas City, 38 to 31. And um, the Detroit Lions and San Francisco play at 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time today. And I am going to take Detroit Lions, excuse me, in this game. Normally I would pick San Francisco. I like San Francisco's quarterback. Um, I think that he is an up-and-coming star in the NFL. I really do like his style of quarterbacking. And I like San Francisco as a whole, as a team, even though, again, the Giants are my team. I will always root for them, but they ain't in it. So nobody thinks that I'm, you know, stepping out of my home team. But I do think that Detroit is going to take them in this game. And I think that Detroit's going to take them in this game. And I think that game is going to be 21-28 to 28 Detroit Lions. So I said 31 to 38 for Baltimore and Kansas City with Baltimore being the winner and 21 to 28 for Detroit Lions and San Francisco with Detroit being the winner. And then in the Super Bowl, I definitely am going to take Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Although I do think that if Detroit makes it against San Francisco today, that Detroit is going to give the Baltimore Ravens a hard way to go. So I just I hope that all the players, all the team in the in the four teams that are playing today, I hope that all the players stay healthy, nobody gets hurt, they play a fair game and the winner wins and the loser goes home. And that's just the way that it is. And we'll see y'all next year. And then in a couple of months we'll be talking about you know, the the big games to see who's going, you know, who's going to go to the big one for uh, for basketball. And, of course, everybody knows that listens to the show. I love basketball as well. So we'll talk about that when that comes up as well. That'll be in a couple of months from now. Uh, yesterday, the Baltimore Ravens, and I'll, I'll tell you guys why the Baltimore Ravens is kind of near and dear to my heart. First of all, it was the first, real live in-person football game that I ever went to, that I ever attended, was at was in Baltimore at the Baltimore Ravens Stadium, and it was they were playing the Green Bay Packers. I want to say it was like December 21st of whatever year. I don't, I don't remember the year. But that was the first game, first live game that I had seen. Uh, my friend Q got us tickets. And he's a huge Baltimore Ravens fan. Um, he is from Baltimore. And he got us tickets. He knew that I had never been to a live game before, so he got us tickets. We had a great time. We did have nosebleed seats, but we did have a great time. It was supposed to be Brett Favre's last game. And, of course, everybody knows that follows football. Brett Favre said, you know, he was going to retire many times and then didn't and retired and came out of retirement. And he's retired now. Uh, but he it was the Green Bay Packers against the Baltimore Ravens, and I believe that Baltimore lost that game that night. We ended up not staying for the whole game because it was so cold. I re, you know, that year, that winter was just 
really, really abnormally cold. And because we had nosebleed seats, it was freezing. And I'll tell you, Q told me, bitch, when you get dressed for the game, don't dress to be cute. Make sure you dress to be warm. Did I listen? Hell no. I had to be cute. Shit, I was on top of my game. I was in my 30s at the time. Um, I was just, you know, I was feeling myself. And there was no way that I was not going to be cute. I was like, don't be cute. What you talking about? Of course I'm going to be cute. So I was cute and freezing. It was so cold, I couldn't even drink my, like, we were, I was drinking Alizé. We had bought some, bought some shit before we went to the stadium. And um, I was drinking Alizé. He was drinking Henny. Uh, I'm sure he was drinking, he had to be drinking Henny. That was his drink. So I couldn't, he got sloshed. I had, I, I it was so cold, I was sober. I just couldn't. So um, we didn't stay for the whole game. We ended up having to get a hotel room because it was just too cold and it was, you know, a long, it was like an hour ride back to VA. So um, we didn't watch the whole game. I think Green Bay ended up winning that game. And that's why Baltimore is near and dear to my heart. So whenever they are playing, I do root for them as long as they're not playing against the the Giants. If they're playing against the Giants, then, of course, I'm rooting for my Giants. Um, and also, Torrey Smith, who was a, was a wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, his mom, Monica, uh, I call her Peanut, she is um, she's a, a friend of mine. We worked together, and we befriended one another, you know, during our tenure at work. Um, and we became friends, and we have stayed in contact since then. Uh, yesterday was his birthday, so shout out to Tori Smith. Happy birthday to you. Um, he's not playing football anymore. Uh, if anybody knows anything about the Baltimore Ravens, he did win a Super Bowl with them. Um, the last Super Bowl that they won, he was their wide receiver at the time. Then he moved on. He had played for San Francisco. He played for Carolina. And he won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so, and then he retired after that. And I believe what he's doing right now, I think he's doing some uh, sports broadcasting for the uh, for the Washington Redskins, or let me let me be politically correct and say the Washington Commanders. They'll always be the Redskins to me. I don't care whether they call themselves Commanders, Commandos, Washington, whatever. They're always going to be the Redskins. And you know the Redskins. I wonder what they're going to do next year because they got rid of their coach, which I never thought that they would get rid of him. I just never thought that they would let him go uh, all the years he's been with them. But they did. They got rid of him. A lot of head coaches uh, or quite a few head coaches were released uh, this season, and we will be seeing a lot of new coaches next year, and we'll see how long those coaches last with those teams that choose them. So that will be interesting to watch. Um, I don't know what anybody else's Super Bowl plans are. Um, I know that I don't really have any Super Bowl plans. I'll probably just kind of chill at home and watch the Super Bowl 
uh, in February when that happens. Um, there's not really anybody in my family that are, which is crazy because I have three nephews, uh, three three nephews, then I have two great nephews, and then I have two great nieces uh, here in Alabama. And I don't, my nieces, they're really, my great nieces, they're really young, so I don't expect them to be watching football. They play uh, baseball or softball and stuff like that. It's baseball, I guess. I don't know if it's softball. Who the hell knows? Baseball, softball, it's all with a bat and a ball. Um, and the concept is all the same. As you all can tell, baseball is not something that I ever really got into, which is odd because my mom was really into baseball, but I just never got into it. Um never really followed it like that. It was just too slow. I was just like, oh, my gosh, can we hurry up? Nine innings, can we get to the to the bottom of the ninth? I mean, come on. It's fun to watch in person, I guess, if the game is going and, you know, people are actually scoring and shit like that. But it's very rare to see a high score, you know, baseball game. Very rare, kind of even. So baseball, not, not really my thing. Um. But it's just odd to me that, like, my nephews and my great-nephew, like, they don't watch, they don't do any sports. They don't, my, one, one of my great-nephews, I mean, one of my nephews, rather, it's his, it's his daughters, my great-nieces, they, you know, they play baseball. So he does follow baseball and stuff like that. But I don't ever really hear him talking about football or any other sport, basketball, anything like that. Um, maybe basketball, but not football. So, like I have all these guys and, you know, all these boys, all these men in my family, and they ain't paying a lick of attention to any kind of football. So uh, my sister probably watches it more than, you know, than they do. And out here it's a big thing with college football. Uh, and, of course, there is, you know, Alabama is the biggest team, and, you know, they their head coach is gone too. Uh, Nick Saban, I believe, was his name, um, and you know he's 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 not going to be coaching for Alabama anymore. He is retiring. He's not going to be coaching for anybody, and that's a big upset down here. People are just in an uproar. You know what kind of team are, are is Alabama going to be without Nick Saban? Um, I don't know, and quite frankly, I don't care because I just never got into college football. I never could. Uh, and I don't know why, but I just can't. Um, to me, it's just not as exciting as regular pro football. But everybody down here will say something different because they love that shit. They live by it. You can't go anywhere down here without seeing something Alabama or Auburn-related or Tennessee-related or something like that. Um, yeah, just just not my thing. It's uh, they're really, really, really huge about that down here, and high school too. High school football is a big thing down here, but I guess when you don't have a pro football team in your state, that's all you have, right? It's college and high school, because there is no pro football team here. the The closest pro team to here is Tennessee Titans, and these people in Alabama, you know, they'd rather just watch college football than to deal than to root for the Tennessee Titans. So I don't see a lot of people getting hyped up about that, but they always throw parties for those college those college games, always. The bars are packed. Um, 
you know, the little restaurants that show the games, their paths. It's a really big to-do out here. And um, for me, I could just to-do not less uh, about that. Okay, so we have our picks. We talked about um, – we talked about football. We talked about my shit. You know, I kind of want to. I kind of want to touch on, and this is again just in general. This whole show can't always be about cancer, because cancer doesn't define me. And I am not cancer. I am Mary. And I will continue to be Mary. But I want to talk about. Um, gosh, how do I put this? It's like I, I want to talk about, like, um, social things, dealing with people, having friends, how to navigate friendships and family ships and hardships and all those types of shitty ships at times. I've just kind of spent this last week reevaluating people that I have in my life, people that I've allowed into my life, the energy that I spend on other people. I have found myself wondering if I spend as much energy as I spend on other people or myself, how far would I be? Where would I be at? Because I have begun to make friends out here, have a little bit of a social life. I'm not, I, I don't hang out. I'm not going to no clubs. I'm not going to the bars. I might go to a bar every now and then. Maybe I'll have a drink. I really don't drink like that. It's just not my thing. Uh, I do love to dance. So I may go to the bar, listen to a little bit of music, dance a little, listen to some karaoke, and damn, these people can't sing, but they get up and they try to do their thing, and I'll be like, oh, Lord, please sit back down. Um, But I give them an E for effort, and, you know, because they have the balls to get up there and do it, because I wouldn't. You won't catch me on no mic in the middle of a public place singing some shit that I know I shouldn't be singing and I can't sing. Uh, But I will dance. So you will find me sometimes doing those kinds of things, but it's just not – I don't really get a lot of excitement about that. I'd rather, like, chill at home and watch a movie, play around, be goofy. You know, I'm a goofy bitch. Um, I like to be funny. I like to have fun. I like to laugh and just do silly stuff. I like for that inner kid in me to come out. Um, I think that as adults we forget about that inner child or we're told that we're supposed to suppress that inner child. And I don't agree with any moment when that inner child wants to come out you should let it out. Yes, you got to kind of control it because I'm not saying just, you know, go to work and act like a damn child, but I shouldn't have to explain that either. Um I love my inner child. I love that person that that wants to be innocent and goofy and just 
loves life and laughs at everything and has no worries and has no cares and just no matter what happens, life is going to be okay, right? And I've been fighting with that inner child the last couple of weeks, like, you need to put her in your back pocket, Mary. It's not, you know, this is not the right time and da-da-da-da-da. Well, it is. It's always going to be the right time for her because out. She, that, that little girl missed out on being a little girl when she was supposed to be. Funny how that made me cry. Maybe we should talk about trauma. Because <laughs> sometimes trauma can affect that little and that little inner child. Hmm. I get maybe maybe I'm gonna go in a different direction, a similar but different direction. Um as a kid growing up, there were a lot of times that I couldn't be a kid. And, again, I'm going to go in a different direction because this is my show and this is my therapy. So for those of you that are listening for the first time, this is definitely, definitely my therapy, and I'm going to go in this direction because I probably need a little bit of therapy today. Um. This person had said to me one time uh, a couple of months or so ago, has said to me in a not-so-kind way, like, and, and I'll say it the way they said it, like, you's a goofy motherfucker. I don't get down with that goofy shit. Well, you know what? I, and I looked at them, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I am goofy, and I'm going to be goofy. And it's okay for me to be goofy. I'll be a goofy motherfucker. You can call me anything you want to call me. Because for so many years as a kid, I didn't get the opportunity to be that. I had to be a grown-up. I had to take care of myself. I had to help take care of my household. Um I have responsibilities as a child that most children probably shouldn't have to have. And that's okay because that made me who I am today, and I'm a stronger person for that, right? So when I say anything that I'm going to say, this isn't to be in some victimhood or, oh, I'm, you know, because I'm no victim. Life is just what it is. I mean, I'm not the only one that that had, a, a you know, a hard life. Shit, I'll... I'll Everybody has a hard life in their own right, in their own way. My situation is just different than maybe yours or somebody else's, and that's okay because we all got situations. But for me, growing up, I couldn't really be a kid. I had to kind of grow up early. Um, And there was a part of me that wanted to grow up early. And now I look back at that shit, and I'm like, damn, why did you want to do that? You should have just been a kid, stupid. But I didn't know any better. We all want to grow up before our time. And I sometimes I think, like, because of some things that I've gone through, that I went through as a kid, um, having to grow up quickly, having to be responsible, having to be responsible at a very young age, 
having to be on my own and take care of myself in certain ways, right? Um, having depend having to depend on me for things that I should have been de- been able to depend on my family for those that were that were supposed to be taking care of me, um, that was supposed to be watching out for me. I had to take those roles on because those people were broken and they were going through their own shit. So sometimes I think now as an adult, and I've heard this before, that because of traumas that we go through in our life and as a, as children, Sometimes we don't mature, or should I say mature, sometimes we don't mature anything beyond those ages. And I'm beginning to wonder if that is true. Like, am I still on a level of, like, a 15-year-old as far as maturity level goes? Um or fourteen, even a fourteen-year-old shit, man. I can go back as far as like four or five when I remember like serious trauma happening, right? Like serious shit. Um, and now that I'm about to be fifty, I I think about all of. I used to try to just suppress those things, right? Like, oh, you know, shit happens, life happens, it's okay. And should I be suppressing it and just okay, it's in the past. It's not going to help me now, but should I be dealing with those things? Should I be talking about those things? Um, weird. It's just it's just weird. And I know that all of those things that happened in the past and throughout my life, whether they were by my choice, by someone else's choice, whether it was outside of my control, inside of my control, whatever it was, doesn't matter. Again, no victimhood, just talking. A lot of those things led up to me being where I am and led up to dealing with situations in life the way that I chose to deal with them. So I often wonder, should I go back and deal with those things? I haven't really ever dealt with them, right? I've never really um, dealt with those things. And And I guess, you know, I think it's hard for people to, well, it's hard for me to verbalize some of those things that happened. But I think I'll verbalize them, and I think I'm going to try to have control. And when I say traumas, I mean things like um, when I was, when I was like four going on five, I was molested. Um that molestation led me to be the way that I am or deal with relationships with men differently, sometimes in an unhealthy way. 
it has led me to make decisions in my life regarding relationships, uh, intimate relationships with men um, in in different ways, almost as if I'm not deserving of true happiness, of true love, of true... Um, companionship. I don't know how we got here, but we got here and we going. Um, So for those of you that are listening and are so fucking confused right now, don't feel bad because I'm confused myself, but we're going to go here. Um, I have a a friend that uh, her and I were talking and – We've gone through, you know, similar, semi-similar situations. Uh, the more I talk to people about stuff like this, the more I find out that, you know, of course I wasn't the only one that has gone through things like that. Um, okay, I'm, I'm not going to sidetrack. So, you know, going through going through the molestation as a kid and, you know, being touched inappropriately or having – been made to touch someone else inappropriately because that's really what it was. Um, And I actually went through that with probably three different people, right? Three different people in my life. It happened um, very close people in my life. Um, Family or in-laws of family or whatever. And On top of that, not having a, you know, my biological father was never, he was probably in my life till I was about four and a half, five. Um, and the last, you know, half of a year that he was really truly in my life like that on a full-time basis was very traumatic. Um you know, he tried to keep me and my sister from my mother. So, which that didn't work. So thank God it didn't work because that would have probably been a nightmare. Um, you know, between the, you know, not having this father figure, not having this man in my life that I really needed, and then the men that I did have in my life have, you know, them having mistreated me as a child um, really can take a toll on someone. And I think that for me, I learned to just kind of say, you know what, that made me stronger, right? That made me I'm a stronger person because of that. I made it through that. Like, what what, what else you going to do to me? You know, I get this very bravado, like, egotistical. Um, even now as I'm talking, I'm sitting here moving, like, side to side. Like, what you going to do? What else can you do to me? You know, um, shit, I've been through, I, I've you know, I, I've had men, uh, you know, inappropriately uh, deal with me. I've had, you know, my my mother's gone. Um, shit, I've been through cancer. 
uh, you know, what what else can you do? What else you got? But I don't ever want to test those waters, right? Because I there, I'm sure that there's a hell of a lot more. Um, so I don't want to say that. I don't want to to ask for that. Um, so I'm definitely not saying like what else you got, but I'm saying my ego does that, right? My ego's like, bitch, what else you got? What else can you give me? There ain't nothing else you can do or say to me that's gonna break me after all of this shit I've been through. But all of that shit, I really believe that not maybe not dealing with any of that stuff led to, you know, my unhealthy lifestyle whether it came from nutrition, men, relationships, work, friendships, whatever. Um, and, you know, and that's just a small portion, right? And, again, this is nothing about no victimhood, no nothing. I don't want nobody to feel sorry for me, no any of that, because that's just my story, and that's okay. Maybe somebody listening today needed to hear this. I don't know. Um, hopefully God is using my testimony, you know, using, is working through me to get to somebody else. I don't know. Um, I guess maybe what I want to say in whole is if you've been through some shit, talk to somebody about it. Talk to yourself about it. I'm telling you, Friday night I came home. I came home from work Friday night, and I literally – and I know this probably sounds totally, totally crazy, and I don't give a shit. Um, I came home, and I was in such a – I was in a fuck everybody else. I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to take care of me. I'm tired of everybody else's shit and blah, 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 blah. And it ain't nobody else's responsibility to deal with me other than me. Right, so I came on this raw. I came home on this like rah 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 um, mode, right? That I call a rah 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 mode. Like I am, I am Shira. Hear me roar, type shit. And I was like, you know, okay, you need to get your shit together. You're slacking on your nutrition. You're slacking on your exercise, or you know, you were or whatever. You know, you're 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 outputting too much energy into other people. You need to. To, to pull the reins back, and I stood in the mirror, and I'm telling you, I, I was like, man, are you crazy? Like, are are you psycho? Like, do you have multiple personality disorder? Because I literally stood in the mirror and was just talking to myself and, like, um, egging myself on, boosting my own ego, um, making, trying to make, hyping myself up, trying to make me feel good about me. Um, because I think we all have moments where we kind of have doubt about ourselves, so forth. I love me. That's, you know, all well and good. But there's times when I doubt me, when I doubt the decisions I make, when I, you know, I have some doubt. And shit, that's, for me, that's human nature. Um, it may not last long, but it happens. And I was just like, I was blocking people. I was like, fuck you, don't call me no more. Fuck you, don't text me no more. You know, and, and. If there's kids listening, please pardon my pardon my French if there's children listening, but, I mean, that's the truth, right? I was just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and you get a fuck you. I was like Oprah giving out cars, but fuck you. You and you get a fuck you, and you get a fuck you, and this one gets a fuck you. And um, and I, I needed that. Like, that, that was 
it was almost like confession uh, for me, right, to, to myself. Um, and I, I find myself um, trying to trying to be like, um, and maybe that's due to some of the, you know, some of the shit I went through in my life. You know, I want to, I want to please people. I want people to like me. I want people to, to, to want to be around me. I, I, I want to make people happy. I want to make people smile. I want, but shit, when am I going to make me happy and make me smile, you know? Um, and I just, I, I think in the last few months I've just been, filling up other people's cups and never replenishing my own. And I know this probably all sounds crazy and I'm going in a million different directions, but again, this is my therapy, my show, my therapy. (laughs) So, you know, not trying to be an asshole, but it just is what it is. And I'm going to use it for, for, you know, for what it's worth. And this is what it's worth. Because sometimes I have to talk about this stuff and sometimes it's easier for me just to talk it out loud here. And then I go back and listen to it. Like, I'll go back and replay my shows and listen to what I said. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, sometimes you just got to talk some shit out, even if it's just with yourself. So I, next, my, my whole point of bringing all of this up is, again, I can't talk about cancer all the time because I'm not defined by the cancer. But I, I, I really – if I keep saying this is my therapy, this is my therapy, I think I'm really going to start talking about some real shit, and I'm going to open the doors maybe for, you know, for other people to come on and talk about their shit and try to get some shit out in the open so we can work some shit out amongst ourselves and be better people to ourselves um, because we can't depend on others to fill us. And I think it's so easy to kind of get lost in inflation. And I don't want that to get lost in translation, you know. I, I have to stay focused, and I've stayed focused for so long. And, you know, sometimes you veer off, and then, you know, you veer off onto a side road, and then you're like, shit, i got to get back on the main road. This side road is a dead end. Um, and I just feel like I'm I'm at that point right now where I veered off to this side road and I'm at this dead end and I got to figure out how to get back on the highway. Um, and I'm making my way, right? I'm making my way. I'm making my way downtown. No, <laughs> I hope that's the words to the song. Who the hell knows? But I, I'm always doing that. Um you know, I'm making my way back to that highway and uh, back to that open road. And, um, you know, if there's anybody out there that's, that's, that's stuck on that side road, on that fucking dead end, you know, the highway's open and you can find your way back there. Um, it's probably such a crazy analogy, but it's mine. Uh, I really... I really do hope that, you know, my therapy helps some of you other people um, that are listening, that either listen live or come back and listen. You can you can listen to archive shows. They're all archived. They're all recorded. You can go back and listen to all of them from the beginning till now. Um, 
we have about two and a half minutes left, so I'm going to, you know, start kind of wrapping shit up. Um, we are here every week, uh, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. I'm sorry, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, my name is Mary Hopkins. You are on with Mary Had a Little Cancer. Uh, for any of you out there that are listening, if you ever want to call in and share your story, you want to, you know, join in on the conversation, uh, you've got something you want to say, you want to get some shit off your chest, you can call 515-605-9376 and press the 1. I'll see your hand up. When you hit the 1, a little hand comes up on the screen, and then I'll open up your mic. Um, or you can go back and listen to the archive shows, like I said, but please continue to join us here every Sunday. I appreciate I appreciate all your listenership, all of your viewers, all your listenership. Um, I was going to say viewership. You can't see nothing. You can just hear shit. Um, all your listenership, all your support. Uh, let's see. Um, we got plenty of great shows right here on the J. King Network. Um, on blogtalkradio.com. You just go to blogtalkradio.com, type in J. King Network, and it'll take you to the J. King Network. And there are plenty of shows that we do here Monday through Friday. Uh, there is a plethora of different types of enjoyment that you can partake in, so please do. I will tell you, if you ever join Kings in the Morning, do so at your own risk uh, because we get down over there. A whole different show from over here. Uh, remember to always be graceful. You never know what somebody else is going through. Try to make somebody smile. Um, and if you are in need of smiling yourself, go inside. Look inside. Pull out those good things. You're worth it. Um, look in the mirror. Talk to yourself. Be like, bitch, we're not having this. We're not getting in this slump. We're not doing this. I love you, and that's enough. You are enough. You are enough. Forget everybody else. You are enough. Most important thing, just show grace. If I don't ever say anything else, be graceful. And be kind. Be kind when... Other people are in need. Listen. Sometimes just listen instead of talking. Sometimes that's what someone needs is just someone to listen. And it doesn't cost anything to do that. Sean Patrick, we love you. We miss you. And we'll see you all next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, have a great week this coming week, and I'll see you all next weekend.